Hi, I'm Annabelle. And I'm Amy, and welcome to Escaping Purgatory, a podcast in which we re-watch Supernatural and then talk it through in the hope that we can finally escape this show. Join us each week and leave comments on upcoming episodes, and together we can escape Supernatural Purgatory. Hello! Hey! This week, we are talking about Simon Said. I said mm-hmm. this last time, and I was like, it's usually Simon Says, isn't it? And yeah. So, Simon Said. What did he say? <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so this episode, it's got a better rating than the previous episode. It was 8.6 out of 10 on IMDb. I think that's fair. It's fairly plot heavy, so it kind of makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, written by Ben Edlund. This is his first episode for Supernatural and directed by Tim Iacofano. I enjoyed this episode. It felt weird to the last few episodes. It was a bit of a tone shift, but I think that's what they yeah. were going for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, there was, it felt, it felt a season one-ish in yes. that like the like playfulness had come back a little bit so the previous act- a- episode there was like some choice acting let's put it that way <laughs> <laughs> whereas this one it felt like a little bit more natural especially like dean making stupid jokes about things yeah um, for sure there's also some other choices that were made in this episode which we'll get to <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's, it was an interesting one yes the the recap was not as good as i was hoping it would be it was (laughs) it was very like focused on sam and his powers and the whole main plot line which is great and i but weirdly like i'm not that interested in it at the moment (laughs) you want more dean (laughs) always Um, and his uh his emotional repressions (laughs) Wow. Or whatever the word is. <laughs> we ca- we did kind of call it call it last week with saying that, you know, now that Dean had that, Dean and Sam had that little conversation at the end of the last episode, mm-hmm. Dean's okay now. He's fine. Like, we don't, yeah. we don't need to <laughs> rehash him bashing up the car anymore. We, we're going to, we're going to move on from this. Yeah, like, that's no, true. We, we're not done with that yet. He, he has not grown from that yet. No, but you don't understand, Annabelle. One conversation about your feelings, it just resolves absolutely everything and now you're okay as a person. No, I forgot (laughs) about that. I forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so silly. (laughs) Oh. It's as in, like, that's not how life works. That's why it's so silly. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, this is it. They had one conversation on the hood of a car and now everything's fine. I mean, maybe it will come up again, but okay (laughs) yeah it'll come up come up again in some form of violence for sure (laughs) absolutely oh my gosh okay should we get into it well i guess we kind of already did this episode starts in i just put a small town i'm not sure where it is they they do mention it briefly but i don't remember what it was in oklahoma i just remember it was in oklahoma that's fine so we see this older older man and he's walking down the street he's like you know, being all friendly and stuff. Why are his trousers so floaty? Like, the reason why I knew he was going to be, like, important to the scene was not only was he, like, center frame, 
but he i don't know what material that was maybe it was like linen or something like a really mm. like um a really thin linen that it was just like he was floating down that road just you, you need to look it up because it's it's so bizarre it's so bizarre that was the thing that caught me off guard and i was like okay something's gonna happen to this guy um <laughs> no I noticed it too. It wasn't just you. I noticed he was going full in on the 2000s, like wide leg trend yeah. of trousers. And it was great. I loved him. <laughs> but what makes it so, so weird is like, like I said, I feel like the wide leg thing was mostly in like jeans or at least it was for me anyway. Same. Um, yeah. Well, so I like to, well, yeah. I, I was just thinking about a really specific pair of trousers that I own. Do, you don't need to know. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair and like you know jeans don't move in the same way that these these trousers did like like i said it was yeah. a really light material and it was just it was very weird maybe it was like a it was probably like a blended a synthetic material or something it almost definitely was polyester yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway and he's like walking along he receives a phone call and like these white flashes of something start happening and he's kind mm-hmm. of like oh what's going on obviously we know it's going to have something to do with the psychic abilities of somebody because mm-hmm. the recap has just told us that hey it's like a it's a sam episode with psychic powers so we know <laughs> something's true. happening it's not really clear like it's it's kind of interesting that they chose to do like these flashes in like a a white way like it was desaturated in white mm-hmm. you know what i mean monochromatic in white and then he like he's like yes okay that sounds good um and carries on walking and then goes into a gun shop talks to dennis we we don't know who who this character is he's just referred to as doc by dennis mm-hmm. and you know he's he's asking to see a shotgun and dennis seems kind of confused because clearly they have some sort of relation like they know who each other like like you said small town everybody yeah. kind of knows each other so he he picks up the shotgun or the, hmm. the, the Dennis gives him the doc the shotgun and doc asks like what do you load it with hmm. I'm pretty sure in I've never been to a gun shop mm-hmm. I have no reason to um but I'm pretty sure you're not you don't just like put ammo on the counter <laughs> right in front of somebody even if you know them like surely you don't do that <laughs> I have no idea <laughs> who knows what i guess this is like it's like a small like family-owned shop so maybe they were like playing a little bit fast and loose with the rules or something maybe. i don't know but it, it is definitely like you made a poor decision there as well yeah, yeah. poor decision and like something bad is gonna happen and lo and behold something bad mm-hmm. happens and like so I, I i laugh i'll tell you why i laugh so um the doc starts loading up the shotgun mm-hmm. and the shop owner is like hey you can't do that in here that's illegal yeah Surely, being a gun shop owner, he could stop him in some kind of way. Either with his own weapon, because mm. you obviously are okay around guns because you sell them. Or, like, you would sort of snatch it out of his hand or something. But he literally is just like, no, don't do that. It's, I guess, like, if they know him, it's like an awkward social situation where you're seeing, do, seeing someone do something kind of wrong and you're like... You shouldn't be doing that, but I know you, so it's weird to tell you off kind of thing. But at <laughs> the same time, like, it's a gun shop, so like, maybe take it a bit more seriously. <laughs> exactly. Like... And, like, especially as 
as the doc is saying, you know, like, because uh, the shop owner offers to take him out hunting. Mm-hmm. And the doc's like, well, you know how I feel nervous around guns. And yet, like, here he is, like, loading up a gun. It's like, yeah. This is your time to intervene. And then, of course, it goes horribly wrong. And he shoots Dennis in the gut. Yeah. And then he turns the gun on himself. I really like how they did this. The Next transition. The yes. weird sink. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> like, the sink is up on the, on the on a partially lowered ceiling. And, like, the blood splatter. And then... It's suddenly like Sam's waking up, but he's not waking up. He's washing his face in a in a sink. <laughs> I I liked it, but seeing the sink in the gunshot oh. was really jarring. I was like, yeah. why is that that? And then they did the transition. I was like, oh, it makes sense. I just feel like the tr- transition maybe should have just been a little bit like quicker, like oh, because yeah. Yeah. I you get a lingering shot of that sink on the wall, and you're like, what is going? Oh, right, okay. <laughs> Well, and also I guess they they wanted to, because they also had the like the blood splatter go into the sink. Yeah. So it was like, it, I guess it was a little bit of a balancing act, and maybe they just didn't get it quite right. It was interesting. I like. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was definitely fun. But like the sink that Sam's at is horrible. It's like grotty and ugh. Some kind of like truck stop bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. Was like, grim. How did it get all stained and nasty? Like. Ugh. Though saying that, I did a road trip from North Carolina to uh, Missouri, mm-hmm. and I did stop in this one off the road. It wasn't a rest stop; it was a it was a petrol station. And for some, I, I think the woman in the woman's bathroom was having not a good time, so I ended okay. up just going into. It was a single a single bathroom, yeah. So I just ended up going into the men's one, and the mm-hmm. men's bathroom was really gross. It was so gross. Maybe it's just like. <laughs> Maybe it's just men's bathrooms. <laughs> like, I think so. Maybe I think they are just like that. Like why? Mm-hmm. Why men? You do not have to put up with this like lower standard of bathroom <laughs> cleanliness. And then Dean sort of like opens the door and says, "Come on, zip up." And I was like, "Zip up." And I was like, "That's such a weird thing to say," but like, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> like I guess they live in each other's pockets, so it's just uh, yeah. Anyway. And then we have the title card. And after that, it kind of cuts to them driving and discussing the vision, I guess, that Sam's have. Like, Sam really wants to go to the roadhouse and Dean is like, no. And (laughs) I think Dean is being the smart one in this situation. And, Mm -hmm. yeah, like I said, I think I'll mention this again at the end of the episode. But Sam wanting to go to the roadhouse here feels a bit suspect because they had that whole like interaction with Gordon who Mm -hmm. really thinks in like very like black and white terms you're a monster you're not a monster and then he's gonna go tell and he knows that Gordon frequents the roadhouse so he's gonna go what tell a bunch of hunters that he's having psychic visions like that's Mm -hmm. not gonna go well I don't feel no not at all it and we so we also know that hunters are the worst gossips like everybody knows each other's business <laughs> yeah that's true um, and i'm sure gordon's not the only person who thinks black and white because dean does yeah dean thinks black and white for the longest time so sam is definitely in the black in this situation like he's he's not mm-hmm. he may have the winchester name behind him yeah 
but someone's still gonna consider him you know uh, a monster exactly and i do the thing is i think that the revenge like the hunt for the demon is blinding sam to this because he wants to go to go and talk to ash to see if mm-hmm. there's any connection between his visions and the demon and i don't think he's think thinking about himself in that moment he's only thinking about his like revenge plot mm-hmm. i i really don't think i really don't think dean cares about the demon anymore <laughs> no i don't think so either I think I think he wants to get away from him as much as possible because probably again because of what John told him. Yeah. <laughs> like the less you can interact with this thing, the the less likely whatever you know was told. Yeah. So um, I agree with Dean. Like he shouldn't go. I mean, he literally just he says says that. I just don't know if going to the roadhouse is the smartest idea. Dean, it's another premonition. I know it. This is gonna happen, and Ash can tell us where. Yeah, man. But plus, it could have some connection with the demon. My visions always do. That's my point. There's going to be hunters there. I don't know if, if, if going in and announcing that you're some supernatural freak with a demonic connection is the best thing, okay? He calls him a supernatural freak. Yeah. I, I would say, I think he accidentally calls Sam a freak here. Mm-hmm. Which I think so too. is a bad slip because Sam's a bit very sensitive about being called a freak. And if you think about it, Meg was the last person to call him a freak. Yeah, that's true. So, of course, that'd be that extra, like, disdain for the word. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And, like, Dean plays it off with a joke, but Mm -hmm. I think that did hurt Sam's feelings a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was trying to go for, like, oh, you're a sex freak kind of thing, rather than, like, (laughs) a... You're a a demon freak. (laughs) Well, I mean, sorry, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it i mean it season four it kind of collides right mm-hmm. i mean <laughs> no you're right yeah oh anyway <laughs> <laughs> so they end up sam ends up getting his way and they do go to the roadhouse and um as they arrive we see joe hustling another hunter out of money playing deer hunter which mm-hmm. is a great. Um, I quite enjoyed that, to be fair. So, okay, the thing is, though, <laughs> the the hunter is saying, "Hey, this is that was my 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 room money." Yeah. Like, does that mean he was gonna pay for a room at the roadhouse? <laughs> that they so the money they he she just hustled from him. They would have gotten it anyway. <laughs> or is it like he was gonna go to like a motel or something? I, they didn't really cl- clarify that, but I was just like. Initially, I was like, "Wait, he you were gonna get that money anyway?" So, <laughs> yeah, that's <what>? true. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. It's just a um, one-upmanship thing for Joe. Yeah, I think yeah. So. She's got sort of one of the boys syndrome. I feel that would that's bound to happen because mm-hmm. we see how Ellen treats Joe in this episode. Yeah, a little bit, and then so far, most of the hunters we've seen have all been men. So of course, that's true you would try and like fit in i hate i hate when like grown women are called little lady i think it's so demeaning and like if you're above five years old you're not a little lady like (laughs) and especially like this guy is probably in his 50s probably yeah i was just like oh i don't know i just i have an issue with that (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, I don't enjoy pet names from men. Uh, like, no. it doesn't happen, to, to be fair, it doesn't happen as much as it used to, and maybe that's because I'm getting older. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, sweetheart and pet, I, yeah, I'm not a fan Ooh. of. Yeah, pet, no. That's quite a Northern English thing. Like, it, and it's not meant badly, it, it's I just know. a... It's like hen, right? So it's, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't take as, as offense to it as sweetheart bothers me. But if you don't know me, don't know, please. <laughs> I'm, I guess I'm really, I'm weird with everything like that. I'd rather you just like, just sort of say, hey, or ma'am. I, I mean, I hate ma'am, but like just a little bit more generic. I cannot stand when someone I don't know uses my name. Yeah, I do get that. <laughs> and I, I don't know where that came from because, like, nobody else I know is like that. <laughs> no, I fully understand that because I used to work... I've worked a few shop jobs and you have a tag with your name on. Mm-hmm. And if if people come to the till and will call me by my name, I don't know if they think it's just, like, they're being polite. It's just every single time they did it, it sent, like, a frisson of, like, panic through me. Like, how do you know me? And I just... I. I don't like it. I, I hate having to wear a badge with your name on it. Yeah, me too. Ugh. Particularly with strangers. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's funny because in Supernatural, they do use a lot of like direct speech. They call each other by their names a lot. But that doesn't really bother me between them. I mean, I say that I am a very bad example of someone who uses nicknames for people. Like, <laughs> I definitely use Hun a lot. Like, oh, you're okay, Hun. Or Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> which is sort of a, a a play on chick like it's like right chick <laughs> i think it's an australian thing that i've picked up somewhere but um i do try and be respectful and like if you know if people don't like you using you weird little nicknames stop but it's hard <laughs> basically i do it because i'm really bad at remembering people's names <laughs> i mean that's fair that's fair anyway let's uh <laughs> <laughs> I know. Back in. But I know. I I cause these ta- tangents, and then I'm like, okay, I need to really back reel it back in. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <yeah. laughs> uh, so uh, Sam and Dean walk in, and like Sam just sort of blows past Joe and says, "Where's Ash?" And he's she's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, he's in the back." She's getting stay away, huh? <laughs> yeah, it looks like. How you doing, Joe? <laughs> Where's Ash? In his back room. Great. And I'm fine. Sorry, he's we're kind of on a bit of a timetable. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Joe gives Dean kind of a look, and he kind of ignores it and just sort of goes to the bar. They, they're both kind of rude to her for no real reason. <laughs> yeah, I guess they're kind of... Hmm. Okay, I want to talk about this a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I know we just already started on a big tangent, but let's do it anyway. So, yeah, they turn up and, like, Joe's trying to interact with Dean. They're clearly, like, on a mission to go see Ash, but he lets he lets Sam go. I just... I, I, need, to, I need to talk about the lack of, the lack of chemistry here. Yeah. <laughs> because Dean is in no way really that happy to see her. She's, no. like, kind of greeting him at the door, stood in front of him, almost like an annoyance, I guess because mm-hmm. she's in his way while he's trying to do something with Sam and it's like 
what were they trying to achieve with Joe? <laughs> I know, like they they don't they never get it right with her because no. I was trying to think like it's it's obvious from what happens a little bit in like a couple of scenes. Like Joe has a huge crush on Dean. Like yeah. that's that's kind of what it is. But for some reason, Dean's not into it, and it's like he's almost trying to distance her as a sibling. But like they never get that sibling click like they did with Charlie. No. And you would think, you would think the fact that she works in a roadhouse and like mm-hmm. has very similar interests to Dean that they could have some sort of like sibling connection, right? Yeah. There is none. There's yeah. At the moment, it, there's. I I do think that it does develop a little bit later on, like more like you're right, like sibling kind of family connection. I guess, like, the thing is, the intention must have been to write her in as some kind of romantic interest. Mm-hmm. And it just never goes anywhere. There's, like, no connection between them whatsoever. No. I, I don't know if because... It seems like she's quite a bit younger than him. We kind of talked about this already. So I don't know if he just immediately is, like, you know, yeah. no, and sees her as someone younger than him and more inexperienced than him and is just not interested. I, th- I think that must be part of it. I don't or know. Is it, or is it she's too much in the life? Is it that too? Like he's not interested because obviously right now we know he's not like into having any sort of relationship with anybody. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of he's just looking for like one night stands. Yeah. Right. We also know from a line that he says a little bit later that he is afraid of Ellen for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, with good reason no I think you're right I think it's too close I think I think Dean seeks women out for like escapist reasons Mm -hmm. right and Joe's way too close to everything that's going on so there's just no like no connection because there's no interest there and I do but the weird thing is it's written like there should have been an interest and then it's almost like the characters were like nah (laughs) yeah i think you're right (laughs) yeah just a disconnect between the i guess the writing and the acting and the characters themselves but Mm -hmm. i mean i think the thing is from a a fan perspective it the the connection you're right doesn't make much sense because she is too close to the life and it would be almost out of character for him to pursue her at this point because Mm -hmm. it felt weird in Everybody loves a clown. Yes, it, um, it was when, very awkward. Yeah, <laughs> this is it. I, I, I do think it's ultimately down to the writing. I think it's got to be it because they haven't really given Joe any depth. Right. I mean, what do we know about her? She works in a bar with her mum, and she has a big crush on Dean. That's all I know about her. <laughs> like... yep. And her name is Joe. We don't know how oh, yeah. old she is. <laughs> like, she plays video games we found that out hustles yep. people but yep. yeah I, I don't know it's um and it, it just it was just sort of very much crystallized in that moment for me where he's just like breezing past her and I'm like mm. yeah, I don't know what they were trying to do here but anyway they go and find Ash and um they have to knock on his door a few times it has a sign on it that says Dr. Badass is in <laughs> which I, I really enjoyed and he eventually opens the door, like, naked, I think. I think um, so. There's all, like, weird flashes of light behind him. Like, and he's, like, sniffing as well. So it's like, did he, like, 
just do drugs or something? Like, what is going on? Like, yeah. Okay, like, kind of going back to when we had uh, Charlie on for Everybody Loves a Clown. You know, some of the stuff that she said is, like, kind of sinking in as I'm watching this. Did you notice, like, this may have just been coincidence. It could be. But <laughs> Dean knocks on the door and says, Dr. Badass, and then he opens the door. Yeah, he, he doesn't respond to Sam, just calling him no. Ash. No, I know. <laughs> hey, Ash! Hey, Dr. Badass. Sam? Dean? Sam and Dean. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> how intentional is that? Is it because he heard Dean's voice or because somebody called him Dr. Badass and he was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dean and Ashton have some kind of weird roadie admiration for each other. <laughs> this, this happens again in this episode where... Dean's kind of admiring a weird kind of like grungy guy, right? But <laughs> yeah. not necessarily in like, you know, th- that kind of way, but just like, oh, this this person's really cool. I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just like, why? <laughs> what, what, what lifestyle are you aspiring to? Because you thought Ash was cool because of the mullet and the like, the like flannel with no <laughs> sleeves. <laughs> and then like Andy in this episode, like the things he finds cool are um, questionable. So I'm just <laughs> Yeah. Is Dean a responsible person or is he like <laughs> someone who's trying to be responsible but actually just wants to have like the hippie, like or not the hippie, but like a like a roadie lifestyle. <laughs> I mean, or is Let's get well deep into it. Is that just the life he thinks he should be find cool because he listens to classic rock and drives a cool car? Like, who knows? An enigma of a man. Yes. <laughs> yes, Ash agrees to kind of help them. They're having this conversation with the weird lights in the background. I very much would like to know what was going on in that room, but at the same time feel like I would be mentally scarred. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so they all kind of, like get together around Ash's laptop and Sam's kind of telling him about the vision without telling him that it was a vision. It was like, Mm -hmm. oh, these things happen. Can you look up? I saw this weird sign. So they track down where this is happening with the bus sign that Sam saw, but there's no demonic signs there. So then Sam asks about the house fires, you know, in the 80s to see if that has a connection. And there is one. So they're like, oh... And Ash is pretty suspicious about why he wants to know this. Okay, now that is just weird, man. Why the hell would I be looking for that? Because there's a PBR in it for you. Give me 15 minutes. Yeah, and so he just mm-hmm. bribes him with a beer. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, like, Ash is smart. So... I think the beer thing definitely works to get him to do the research, but he definitely squirrels that away, and that, I think that does come up later. Um, well, so the thing is, though, the house fires and everything like that, that was all in John's notes. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, I don't quite get why... Or was it not? No, so I think those... Because those are only, like, the start of it. So I think the notes were more in, like, tracking the demon now... So I don't know if the house fires are still related or if it's just like cattle deaths and electrical storms and things. Well, so 
the reason why I thought that was because in Salvation, mm-hmm. they, those signs were coming up and then there was a house fire. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. So, yeah, it shouldn't be weird for Ash to ask him that because it should already be included in, like, the algorithm or whatever. Yeah. Hmm. Because, like, it's it's pretty bad bit of, uh, like, tracking that he's done if there's a house fire in a nursery and it doesn't ping <laughs> the system. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, I mean, I guess the, the thing that makes it suspicious is, mm-hmm. you know, he's asking for the same year as Sam. Yeah. So that that's the thing that would be the triggering part of it for me, not, not the rest yeah. of it. But the way it was sort of said sounds like the whole search was really bizarre. Mm, that's true. So, yeah, I do feel like they're kind of shoehorning this bit, like them finding out about this stuff into this episode a little bit because mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't quite track. You think they probably would know some of it by now already. Maybe this is just sort of like brings it all together for them or like what's going on with the demon and, and stuff. Yeah, and I guess also I'm guessing ash is some sort of like helper to all hunters Mm -hmm. so you know the winchesters are kind of assuming that they're the center of the roadhouse's like universe yeah that's true so they may not be thinking about this when they're not there Mm -hmm. as well i mean they have no reason to like they don't they don't know john winchester they don't really have any kind of connection to any of this they're just sort of doing Mm -hmm. it to help because they want to help but like they're not all consumed like they are like Sam and Dean are yeah that's true so there's just one case in many cases yeah I, I think that's true as well you don't know what else they're working on at the same time mm-hmm. but yeah they get they kind of like realize that it's something to do with the other children that they've come across so far you know Max in Nightmare etc and then we have like again like a weird scene so it's a little bit later on Dean's drinking alone at the bar and Joe puts on the jukebox to play. <laughs> Ario Speedwagon. Damn right, Ario. Kevin Cronin sings it from the heart. He sings it from the hair. I do like this song. It's quite catchy. I do too. It is. <laughs> it's, it definitely, like, once you hear it once, you'll be singing it for at least a day. Um, like, I'm already, like, going through my head. I was, I was going to sing it. Me like, too. No, no, no one needs to hear it. <laughs> What makes it so funny is that Dean looks genuinely offended that like the <laughs> song came on, <laughs> but it's like right in his alley. It's hair metal. Like, come on. <laughs> like, I think so. Joe comes over and he kind of like banter's with her over the song, and it's just again they're they're trying to force this this connection between these two characters, and it's just mm-hmm. like she's putting out she's putting out feelings, and he's like, no. It's not picking no, him up. Good. No, no. And, <laughs> like, Joe immediately brings it, like, well heavy. So she's, like, trying to talk about Mary because she's like, oh, the fire, that's kind of the one your mum died in. And he's like, I don't want to talk about that, thanks. Like, <laughs> yeah. just, like, instantly shut down. Like, this is a family thing. Like, mm-hmm. so they don't have really a... I don't feel like they have a connection to the Harvells. Like, they do Bobby. Like, Bobby's family... I think they would mm-hmm. talk to him about this, which is kind of weird that they're not actually. But um, these these people are just helping them at the moment. They have no like actual connection to them really, and it's clear mm-hmm. here in how Dean shuts her down and talking about that because he definitely would talk about it with other people. 
Yeah, and I'm wondering if it's, again, the introduction that was given of Ellen, like, as being a close friend to John. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, we, we've spoken about, like, how how Dean doesn't like the I, assumptions here, but that mm-hmm. Dean doesn't like the idea that John might have had a relationship with Ellen. Yeah. So, of course, like, that is probably on his mind while he's there with them. What's funny is, actually, like, going down that kind of route, he must be kind of mad about the whole roadhouse that John never told him about this. Because mm-hmm. he did have connections in the journal. They had, like, Pastor Jim and, oh, there was another hunter as well. But, like, those are the only people that Dean ever really contacted when he couldn't get hold of John for information because he did contact them. Mm-hmm. And But all this time, he could have been contacting loads of other hunters and the hunter mm-hmm. network. So... Like, to find out that John was keeping this whole part of the life from him, it kind of shows a lack of trust, I think, that Dean would yeah, definitely, definitely take very personally. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Definitely. I, I know, again, like, in terms of circumstances, by the sound of it, it sounds like Kripke was forced to write this kind of... Yeah. The script, so... Or not the script, but this, this scenario of having a hunter network. It's kind of difficult to like really assign feelings to what that would be, but yeah, in the in the universe, yes, I could definitely see like that that Dean would be so you know, so angry at John that this this net network was here, but it was never discussed. Exactly. So I think that's part of it as well. And then, yeah, he uses the excuse of not pursuing Joe. He says like, you know, I'm scared of your mom, which I thought, <laughs> I thought was pretty good as well, to be honest. So it com- it comes up with like because um, Joe's saying like I said Joe kind of connects the dots and it's like I could help you with your hunt and it's a weird way that J- Dean phrases this he says something along the lines of like if I ran off with you your mother might kill me yeah and it's just like why would you say you would run off with her like <laughs> it doesn't make sense I guess Ellen kind of hears a little bit of like run off mm-hmm. and like Ellen gives Dean a look. Which is where, like, he then admits that he's afraid of Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. And I think part of this as well is probably Ellen doesn't want Joe actually involved in hunting at all. Yeah. Because it's not implied in any way that she is hunting. Definitely they're helping out, but I feel like they're not actually actively going out and making salt circles etc you know yeah, yeah. So. and again this that kind of gets confirmed at the end of this episode i feel exactly um, for sure and and with and with later episodes that come up so we're then in the car and i completely forgot that dean just starts singing <laughs> singing this song i'm like why is this not everywhere and why is this like <laughs> hidden in the supernatural like history i feel like this is almost almost Better than the Eye of the Tiger sequence. <gasps> Almost. I'm keeping you in sight. You're a candle in a window on a cold, dark winter's night. And I'm getting closer than I ever thought I might. You're kidding, right? I heard the song somewhere. I can't get it out of my head. I don't know, man. What do you got? It's amazing. (laughs) 
it's just, like, like really into it and like you know doing the whole like eyes closed shaking of the head thing it's great <laughs> what's amazing about it is that like it's not on the radio he's just singing it from memory like if he put the tape on as well like i can't understand it but he knew all the words to that song <laughs> he, he obviously listens to the things that you i would say guilty pleasures is is the yeah. term that would be used but i honestly like with music i don't think there is such a thing but yeah that would definitely be a guilty pleasure song for dean uh yeah for sure and like <laughs> sam's face this is clearly not the first time that dean's been singing in the car and also like <laughs> he wishes it was the last but it's not gonna be <laughs> Does does Sam well, know the song name? I can't remember if he says. I think, I think he, he he must know the song. Like he's probably heard yeah. it a million times because I'm sure mm. Dean has it on tape. I love that. Like canonically, Dean loves singing, and he just doesn't do it enough. Like because mm-hmm. <laughs> he sings a few times through the seasons. Um, he does, yeah. But uh, we should have got Sam properly belting one out at some point. <laughs> and I, I like dean's excuse is like yeah i heard it somewhere and now i can't get it out of my head how how little was sam paying attention that he didn't hear it in the roadhouse <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> can you imagine if they busted out like a duet right there oh i'd have loved that i would have loved that that would have been so good but we said earlier this song does get in your head since I watched the episode. I've been like, I'm in it. <laughs> you know, like, it's, 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 yeah. it's one of those songs. Okay. So Sam stops him from singing, travesty. And um, he's told him that he's found the guy from the house fire. His name is Andrew Gallagher and he was born in 1983. So everything tracks, but they can't find anything else about him at all. And there's kind of hints here that there's things going on with him because it's weird that there's no trace of him. All his bills and stuff are due, but they're not paid. <laughs> yeah, but there's no debt collectors after him, which is, yeah, mm. you know. So and they they had like an old address or it's an old address or an old workplace. Yeah, they find some connection to him in this town. Um, so they go there first which turns out to be like a diner. I think it's a diner or some kind of cafe. Uh, You Mm -hmm. don't get to see much of the interior of it. And they're pretending to be lawyers who are chasing Andy down for some kind of inheritance. And that's how they're getting... I guess she's the owner of the cafe. Her name's Tracy. You find it out much later on. She kind of helps them find him because she tells... She gives them like a vague address, but says that he has a van that has a barbarian queen riding a polar bear i think that's right <laughs> yeah yeah that's what and uh the next shot is of this barbarian queen and a polar bear <laughs> i'm sorry i'm starting to like this dude that band is sweet do you know what song's playing at that point because it's great uh yeah the, the song playing is like stonehenge by spinal tap and it plays for quite a long time in the background of this scene it does so it's like it starts off as being um this is a technical term but it it starts off with it being like the overhead music and then it turns into the fact it, that it's playing like on the radio so <laughs> it's just like when i saw that i was like have you seen the movie onward yes i've seen it yes yes yeah, that that was the whole vibe I was getting from it. Obviously, this came first. 
Bailey's truck is called Guinevere, and this book got this painted, uh, like flying unicorn on it. It's exactly yes. what this fan is. <laughs> it is. It is. It is that. It is that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, and the the music that he always plays in Guinevere is exactly that kind of music mm-hmm. to you. So all of it was just like, is that ser- Like, I don't even know what that style is called. Oh, I don't know. It's not hippie because it's it's just not because mm-hmm. it's like it's got the metal influence, but like what is that? It's very Dungeons and Dragons, which ties in with Onward, but it is right. It's that kind mm-hmm. of oh, what is that kind of fantasy rock called? Led Zeppelin do it really well, also. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. They used to write a lot of Tolkien references into their music. Like, they're pretty mm. nerdy. And it's that kind of, like, yeah, like, fantasy rock. There must be a term for it, and I can't think of it off the top of my head, but... I, know, I don't know. Absolutely. If you know, just let us know, because it's definitely, like... Because there are so many references to that style. Yeah. And I don't feel like it's ever given a name, and I want to <laughs> know what it is. <laughs> that kind of... Yeah, that kind of 70s, 80s kind of... It's not even, like, hair metal. It's... <laughs> All I know yeah. is that I, if I if I hear it, I do actually enjoy listening to it. Like, I, but I don't go out to seek it. If I know what it is, maybe I'll go s- start looking for it and start listening to it. I yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> I mean, it's right up Dean's alley. This is what I say about what is this taste and stuff. What is the aesthetic that you want, Dean? Because he's like, oh yeah, that band's sweet. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's yes, it's also very nerdy. I, yeah that's that's what this is that's what it is at that look look dean likes a nerd and he does it's because yeah <laughs> and this is a very like right specific kind of dungeons and dragons nerdiness that's going on here that plays mm-hmm. in later with charlie um oh yeah i've got it <laughs> yep there you go that's what it is so you know that they're having a little bit of a conversation and sam's concerned that whoever this Andy guy is, because he's now referred to as Andy, that like he's going to start killing people. And Dean, and obviously he's kind of equating it to, Sam's kind of equating it to himself. My point is, I'm one of them. No, you're not. Dean, the demon said he had plans for me and children like me. Yeah? Yeah, maybe this is his plan. Maybe we're all a bunch of psychic freaks. Maybe we're all supposed to be- what, killers? Yeah. So the demon wants you out there killing with your minds, is that it? Well, give me a break. You're not a murderer, Sam. You don't have it in your bones. It's kind of sad. Like, nobody really turns around. Like, everybody tells Sam he's not a murderer. But everybody tells Dean that he's a killer. (laughs) All the time. I thought this was interesting because Sam's kind of saying, well, no, you know, I am a murderer because I kill monsters. And Dean's sort of convincing him that, like, they deserve it. And so that Mm -hmm. still makes Sam a good person. And it's weird how... Dean kind of compartmentalizes that and Sam doesn't. But then I don't think that he really does, actually. <laughs> no, I don't think so. So I think Sam just sees himself as such a... We talk about Dean's issues all the time with, like, self-esteem, um, not thinking that he's good enough. But Sam definitely... And it's clear in this conversation that he doesn't think that he's a good person. Mm-hmm. Like, since he found out about his psychic powers and the connection to the demon and everything, it seems to just have turned his worldview upside down and he just thinks that he's tainted in some way that's sort yeah, of irredeemable. Especially, especially if, you know, you have a demon who they know, who they assume is going to be evil. 
mm-hmm. telling you that you know this I, I have plans for you well it's not going to be like hey let's go get ice cream these these are not the kind of the plans and like they've already seen one person with psychic Mm -hmm. powers you know use his powers for evil essentially he killed people yes they like they wronged him in that episode it got very dark so but even still like i guess it actually gets mentioned here a little bit but Mm. um the the demon like the demon is definitely picking up on questionable parents for these children (laughs) let's just put it that way that's true i wonder how much of sam's like empathy towards people and like wanting to save people and maybe continuing hunting at this point is trying to redeem himself from thinking that he's a bad person i mean i think he's always been you know i think he genuinely does care about people but i wonder how much he's using that as a device to sort of try and absolve himself a little bit from any actions he might take in the future like yeah. this is this is it. He hasn't actually done anything. I mean, yes, they do kill monsters, but he hasn't actually done anything to kill anybody innocent. And also on top of that, he hasn't used his powers to hurt anybody. He's actually only ever used them to help people. Yeah, exactly. So um, their their conversations kind of comes to an end, and then they see Andy coming out of the, an apartment, and he's like, he's got this robe on, and he's just walking <laughs> down the street. And he like looks up to his lady friend that he's just left, and she's like hanging out the window. And he he walks up to a person and he starts talking to them. And like the guy just gives him his coffee. <laughs> so yeah. we we know something's going on. And then they see him talking to the doc, like the the doctor in the beginning of the episode. Yeah. And Sam says, "I'll follow the doc, and you follow Andy." And I was like, well, yeah. that's just a bad idea. Like, Yes. <laughs> I had an inkling of this episode as I was watching it. And I was like, mm-hmm. I think that's why I wrote that's a bad idea. Because I don't, I didn't really remember <laughs> what was going on here. But I was like, I'm pretty sure something's going to happen. Um, <laughs> which it does. Dean follows him in his car and basically gets spotted. Yeah. Again, he's not in a very inconspicuous car. Of course oh. he's going to get spotted. <laughs> <laughs> Hey. Hey. This is a cherry ride. Yeah, thanks. Man, you 67? Impala's best year, if you ask me. <laughs> this is a serious classic. Yeah. Well, you know, I just rebuilt her, too. Yeah. Can't let a car like this one go. Damn straight. <laughs> hey, can I have it? Sure, man. Oh, my God. It, it, <laughs> it hurt me on a spiritual level to see Dean give him that car. Like, it was so wrong. I... I knew it was going to happen, but I expected just a little bit of fight. Like, just a little bit of a a hesitation. There was no hesitation. I was not. It was like, have a nice day, have my car. It was so so horrible. What makes it even funnier is that, like, the van is now just in the middle of the road. (laughs) Because Dean doesn't take it. He just leaves it there. I mean... What would you do? He just stood on the side of the road, like, my, my car, my car. Did you did you see the license plate of the van? Um, I don't recall it, no. The license plate of the van is R-U-O-B-1. There, I mean, there are a lot of Star Wars references in this. There actually. are a lot of Star Wars references. <laughs> and yeah, I just put Andy takes the car and I wrote a little like, sad face. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so wrong. So I guess like, Sam's still following 
Doc and he kind of sees the events of his vision happening mm-hmm. at the right time and everything. So he gets ahead of him and goes into the gun shop and pulls the fire alarm. So everyone evacuates. And then Sam thinks he's done his job. But as he comes back out, he sees the Impala drive past with Andy behind the wheel. And he's like, <laughs> what? So ring, ring Steve. I'm um, like, Dean is confused. Dean, Andy's got the Impala. I know. He just sort of asked me for it, and then I let him take it. You what? He full-on Obi-Wan'd me. It's mind control, man. <laughs> that was a great one. <laughs> that was such a great line. He just looks so confused with himself, like, why did I do this? And then, unfortunately, it cuts back to Sam, and we see that the doc gets another phone call and steps in front of a bus. So Sam didn't manage to save him by pulling the fire alarm. Dean kind of catches up with him. So like a little bit of time has passed and like Sam sat by the side of the road and he seems so sad. I was just like... Mm -hmm. Something that really like stuck out to me is that Dean is like rubbing his back. He's being really tactile. Like you don't really see that. Like usually they just like hug and that's kind of it. Yeah, like, I think he really knows in that moment that Sam... I mean, he's seen how the visions affect Sam and they've Mm -hmm. not really been able to save anybody. Maybe Max's stepmom, I think that's it, right? From those visions. But but instead of saving... So, yeah, they saved one person, but Max, you know, ended his Exactly. (laughs) So, yeah, it's not really... Um, I guess salvation maybe kind of helped because they did save the family in the fire. But, I mean, yeah, basically Sam's visions are no good because they don't really save anybody, ultimately. not really. And every time they don't save somebody from those visions, Sam gets more and more distraught about it. And and Dean must Mm -hmm. see this and be worried about him. So now we actually find out the doctor is Dr. Jennings. We know that because Andy tells Tracy that, you know... that Dr. Jennings is dead and like they are oh you know what we forgot in in the diner scene when they're talking to um Tracy the uh, first time yeah. a bus boy comes up and it's like being really friendly like really really friendly yeah and like Tracy's kind of comforting Andy over the death of this doctor so this obviously meant something to him and obviously Tracy means something to him as well because the way they're acting is like they were romantically involved. Maybe if they're not anymore, they at least were. I don't know their whole situation. And then we, we're back with Sam and Dean and like Dean's adamant that Andy's innocent. You can just tell he's... Uh, yeah. Maybe it's because... Right, because they find the Impala. I'm sorry, baby. I'll never leave you again. As they're kind of talking about Andy not being a murderer... I noticed like Dean's kind of like checking the Impala out. So <laughs> I think part of this is that he didn't hurt <laughs> hurt baby. Um, yeah. Because he calls her a baby again in, in this episode. Mm-hmm. I did think about this though, because yes, he just got whammied, right? With this mind control. I thought this would like bother Dean a lot more than it did in this episode. I wonder if that's part of the mind control. So maybe it's to do with the intention that mm-hmm. because after he gets like mind controlled by Andy, he kind of thinks he's a pretty great guy through the rest of this episode almost. And I, I do wonder if it's a little bit of an after effect of that. But it could be, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the thing that kind of stuck out to me was like the OJ reference. I just don't know if he's our guy, Sam. Dean, you had OJ convicted before he got out of his white Bronco, and you have doubts about he this. Just doesn't seem like the stone cold killer type. That's all. 
you know? And OJ was guilty. Either way, how are we gonna track this guy down? Oh, so dated. <laughs> I was like, what? What? So, I mean, okay, at the time, I think I think it was 1994. I think if, that, if I remember correctly, it was early 90s. So Dean would have been like 15 <laughs> or 16 and Sam would have been 11 or 12. I don't know. Obviously, neither of us were in America at that time. We were both way too young to even know mm-hmm. what was going on at that time. So I'm, I'm kind of interested to know the people who were old enough, like at those ages, how big was that for you it comes from like they watch a lot of tv they watch a lot of tv yeah and it was on every channel it was Mm -hmm. on every channel yeah so you're right like sam's very much on the no andy's definitely bad because he's got psychic powers which is a massive turnaround from nightmare and dean's like Mm -hmm. no i think he's probably okay and they said there's like one way to find out and they go to his van and like dean breaks into it and it's just like disgusting (laughs) (laughs) that's the only way to put it it's like a a bed and like a huge bong tiger a tiger print on the wall and a disco ball oh come on this is this is magnificent that's what this is not exactly a serial killer's lair though there's no clown paintings on the walls or scissors stuck in victims photos like the tiger Dean's just so impressed by it. Yes. He's he's definitely impressed by the bong, which is like, it brings the question like, <laughs> how much how much do you think Dean wants to be like into other substances sometimes? I think he's just a wannabe frat boy. Why, why though? I think so. <laughs> I, think so. I, I think this comes down to, and this is a sad moment, Dean didn't have a proper childhood, has never yeah, grown true. up, still finds mm-hmm. things that you would find cool as a teenager, interesting as he's going into his <laughs> 30s. So, I mean, <laughs> he's just never grown up, as, you know. Yeah. It just be- that brings the question, how much weed have they smoked together? Like, I don't know why. But <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's just an image I think is really funny. Because, like, can you imagine it would be like, Ash... Uh, Dean and Andy together, all like in yeah. some sort of like in and in uh, Ash's like rave room, <laughs> <laughs> just with this giant bong, just like mm-hmm. you know having the time of their life. What makes no sense with that bong though? Like how you have to have like super long arms to yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Maybe sat on the ground that, that would work. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. So. Moving on. <laughs> um, and then, so they're, they're back in their car, like, after they've um, broken in and, like, discovered that, you know, Andy's essentially a hippie. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was what was interesting there is Sam also found a lot of philosophy books, and they didn't really make a big deal out of it, but I wonder if Andy was, like, researching philosophy and, like, moralism to sort of justify mm-hmm. using his powers, because, like, some of the things that were in there... Yeah, sort of talk about you know right and wrong and all this kind of stuff. Right. So I think that's part. It gives you another sort of insight into Andy being a bit more chill, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and like, I I do wonder like how much of his power does he really use? Like we yeah. saw that he kind of used it reckless recklessly with like just asking for somebody's coffee. Um, 
But like, did he try and persuade that woman that he was with? Yeah. Um, Does it go that far? Yeah. I would I would hope not. Like from what we learn about Andy's character as the episode goes on, actually. But... I think he, yeah, I think I agree with you on that one. That he's he's he is very chill. It's just that he doesn't want to pay for things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Sam and Dean are sat on the Impala. Dean's eating again. He's complaining about the food. You know, one day I'd love to just sit down and eat something that I didn't have to microwave in a mini mart. You're going to get it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> one day you'll have your own kitchen and it'll make you very happy. Where you can have um, fake bacon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, like, Sam is kind of wondering why Doc still died because... And Dean is still defending Andy. So they're still having this back and forth on whether he's a good guy or not. When Andy appears and confronts them. And mm-hmm. he's like, uh, you think I wouldn't notice you following me? I mean, he almost says it. He should have said here, like, you guys drive a massively inconspicuous car because <laughs> he very easily found them. Like, Sam can lie to him. He says, oh, you know, we're, we're lawyers. We're mm-hmm. here. And then he, uh, Andy interrupts him and says, tell the truth. And Dean just goes off. And it's just great. It's just great. <laughs> Tell the truth. That's what I'm... We hunt demons. What? Demons? Demons and spirits. Things your worst nightmares wouldn't even touch. Sam here, this is my brother. Dean, shut up. I'm trying. He's psychic, kind of like you. Well, not really like you, but see, he thinks you're a murderer, and he's afraid that he's going to become one himself, because you're all part of something that's terrible. And I hope to hell that he's wrong, but I'm starting to get a little scared that he might be right. My favorite bit in that is when Sam's telling him to stop and he's like, I'm trying and <laughs> just keeps going. And like he that's kind of like the most honest he's been in a really long time. Yeah, he does tell the truth. So he says that they're demon hunters and he goes on about other monsters and he talks about Sam's powers and how it kind of freaks him out a little bit. But he did stop before telling the big yeah. truth, right? Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I guess I guess... That's not really part of the question that was asked. No. So that's probably why it didn't come up. I don't know how much, because I think he was trying to snap out of that, because once Andy tells him to leave, Dean holds his head like it hurt. Like, Mm -hmm. he was having some kind of struggle there. So I wonder if he would have said it if he kept going with his, like, verbal diarrhea. (laughs) He may well have. He may well have, because it... Yeah, it definitely it does. Re- it does relate to like their current situation, but it doesn't relate to the question that was asked. Why are they following him? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, but yeah, he's been super honest, super emotionally mm-hmm. open for like two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like Andy walks off thinking that he's told them to leave and they're gonna leave, but Sam gets out of the car to follow him because you know, yeah, it doesn't affect him. I like that. Like, Dean also gets out of the car and Sam, like, waves at him, like, no, stay back. To be fair, Sam then tells Andy everything anyway. So, <laughs> I don't know why he was mad at Dean. So, I have a question. Yeah. Do you think that if Sam encountered Max now, he would be able to stop him from... Because he, he was psychically pushed into the uh, cupboard or closet. Mm-hmm. Do you think he'd be able to stop that now? Or is mind control different from physical control? Huh. Good question. I feel like they're really inconsistent with the powers. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I think it would be more of a struggle maybe for Max to do it, but Max was definitely stronger than Sam because he'd yeah. been practicing his powers for a lot longer. And practice does seem to come into it with them as well. Mm-hmm. And Sam's definitely not actively using his powers. So I That's would true. say compared to the other people he's come up against, he really is the weakest psychically than all of them. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, definitely. That that brings me on to like a good point actually because I was thinking about powers generally and I wonder how they work because they all have different powers, right? And maybe this will come up again, but so we have Max who had like telekinesis. We've got Andy who can control things verbally and like, you know, kind of get what he wants. And then we've got Sam who's got visions. I wonder how much the powers are linked to their personality and their own like struggles because mm-hmm. like Max was pretty powerless until he got his powers right and it gave right. him a way to like push back actually push back because <laughs> he's mm-hmm. got telekinesis you know I think Andy he seems to just want to make his own way in the world and his powers allow him to do that now he just can get whatever he needs at the time and just go with the flow and Sam wants to help people and ultimately his visions show him people's deaths and then he tries to stop them. I mean, it doesn't really work, but I, I yeah. wonder how much the powers are connected with them personally rather than just mm-hmm. randomly. Because I also feel like it, it gets the point, if I remember correctly, because eventually like Sam can start to use telekinesis too. Mm. So I wonder if like it gets to the point where they're all supposed to have the same powers. Yeah. And it just, you know, the, the one that you start with is the one that's sounds very like Avatar. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but the one that you start with is the one that like you are most in tune with. Yeah, that would make sense, actually. I like that. It makes sense for then Sam to have telekinesis because he would need it to fight the monsters. So that would be mm-hmm. his next power. But he's so never really used to persuade people because he's pretty good at that already. So while Sam is telling Andy all of the stuff, everything, you know, the <laughs> fires, the visions, the, everything, he's getting a really bad vision as well. Like he's clutching his head like it really hurts. And he sees a woman at a gas station and she gets a phone call and then douses herself in petrol and sets herself on fire. That's basically happening at the same time that he's getting his vision because as soon as it stops, they hear a fire truck. Like Dean goes mm-hmm. to investigate, says that she's already dead there was no way they could have saved her in time. But also this kind of proves that it's not Andy because he was stood right there and didn't do anything. And mm-hmm. um, we also get a little bit of uh, insight into Andy's mind at this point as well, That like mm-hmm. in the conversation that they're having. Sam says, you know, you could have anything that you want. And he's like, well, I'm kind of happy with what I, like I only get what I need. Yeah. So that's also cementing the fact that actually he is very much like, He's he's not there to like hurt anybody. He's just kind mm-hmm. of, like you said, wants an easy life and just decides to use his powers in this way. Yeah, he's like my minorly inconveniencing people, right? So like, yeah, he's like <laughs> yeah. nice coffee, like some minor inconvenience. But I think he's kind of, I think Andy's probably pretty smart as well. I mean, it's kind of implied by the books he's reading and things. Um, so I'm sure he understands that if he used his powers too much, he would definitely get caught at some point. As Dean catches the tail end of this conversation, he's found out who the woman was at the gas station. Her name was Holly Beckett. 
it very quickly gets a lot of exposition out here. Yeah. That like they're, they're like at a library. They tell they say who it is and then they're like I said exposition. So they're they're in a library and it turns out that Holly is Andy's mother. Mm-hmm. It, it turns out that that's his birth mother. Um, because he did there were, he did still have a fire like like Sam there was still a fire at his house when he was a baby but that was his adopted parents the, who also had a twin as well who was adopted to a different family Holly Beckett gave birth to twins I have an evil twin I don't know why I immediately expected his twin to be an identical twin yeah me too <laughs> So they find out that the evil twin is in town and mm. like, dun, dun, dun. It's the bus boy from the cafe. <laughs> the only yeah. other character we've met. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, I think it's interesting here because they don't really go into the, so the, the, the twin is, is called Ansem Weber. I'm just going to call him Weber here. But like, they don't really go into his like whole deal. Like we know he was mm. adopted um, but we don't know what his parents were like or anything. Because I thought when they came up with the twin idea that they were going to do a whole like nature versus nurture deal. Like maybe right. he had a bad upbringing. So although they have the same powers, he turned out bad and like very simple like that. But they don't mm-hmm. say that. They, they It just seems like he's more kind of mad about not having his brother around than right. anything else. They they cut to him so we see who it is, <laughs> and mm-hmm. he's still at the, the the cafe, and he's asking Tracy about Andy, essentially, and he's coming across very overbearing. <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah. and like kind of asking what their relationship is. Like, you look kind of close with him. Like, what's going on here? Like, you can't have him. <laughs> kind of thing yeah it's very much like a jealousy thing it's it's mm-hmm. um mm, it's odd and so andy tells sam and dean about this guy you know he appeared about eight months ago which would have been when the powers kind of started manifesting and he's always been like just coming in like he was his best friend even though he doesn't really know him as he's kind of explaining this sam gets another yeah another vision um and this time it's of tracy in like a white nightgown, which is a weird parallel, jumping off yeah. a bridge. <laughs> mm-hmm. We kind of see how that's coming to pass because Webb and Tracy are together. He's kind of boasting about Andy and like mind controlling her and saying how great a guy he is and everything else. This is where he says he's my family and not yours. And it's like, at this point, she's kind of like, they're not dating, obviously, mm-hmm. because we see Andy like come from some other woman's house yeah so it's like well neither is she (laughs) like she's just a friend (laughs) this is it like how far would this have stopped like would he have killed everybody that andy ever like came in contact with like it's just (laughs) yeah yeah. and this is why i thought that the intent of their powers maybe affects how people think of them because tracy as she's being mind controlled is like crying Mm -hmm. um whereas like Dean after getting mind control was like yeah that was pretty funny but like <laughs> um, <laughs> Tracy's like this is horrific um, so I wonder yeah. if the intent is leaving some kind of like impression on their mind um, and um turns out Weber is another creep because he like tells Tracy to like get out of her clothes it seems like he's about to mind control her to have sexual relations it's not really kind of clear as to, yeah, but to why that would be 
definitely implied and it's later in this episode dean refers to as being mind roofied which i guess is probably a a good comparison right with like Mm -hmm. um yeah like dropping someone like a substance into their drink it's it's horrifying and he says to her like you know you're gonna go jump off this dam essentially i think it is Mm -hmm. Um, and you you're gonna think you're gonna be able to fly yeah it's so creepy Mm-hmm. I didn't like this at all. I feel like it was unnecessary, actually, because he could have just... This sounds very terrible. He could have just threatened to, like, kill her or use his mind control to get her to jump off the bridge without the weird sexual undertones of it. Mm-hmm. The, the only reason why that would... I could see that kind of working, and I say working very loosely, is that he's also trying to be like Andy. Yeah, that's true. So he's... Yeah, he's trying to, like, emulate him. Yeah, still creepy. But the thing is, there's there's no indication of that ever being the case, though. Yeah, yeah. I I just don't feel like it was. So, like, I just don't feel like it was. It wasn't needed. necessary. It was no. already like a, a a crappy enough situation with him trying her him mind controlling her off a dam. Like he didn't have to make it worse, you know. Mm-hmm. So a complete side note though, the the actor who played Weber, like he looks exactly like Elijah Wood. <laughs> i didn't clock that i didn't clock it i need to watch like, it again it was let me see if it, let me double check that there were certain certain angles where he looked very much like elijah wood okay um, i'm gonna trust you on this one as as this is happening as um before anything can really happen sam breaks the glass of the car and like smacks uh weber in the face with his cast yes <laughs> Good use of the cast. Good use. Definitely. I wrote bops him on the nose because that's what it kind of looked like. <laughs> <laughs> but if like a bop is with a cast on your wrist. Yeah. I got really confused in this scene with what was going on. I had to go back and watch it because like so many things happen at once. They they kind of have like a little bit of a fight and like mm-hmm. somehow, I can't, I don't know who, but someone puts like duct tape over uh, Weber's mouth. He's also trying to still control Tracy at this point. And she's like walking towards the dam and Andy tells her no using his powers. We find out that Weber can actually use his mind powers without speaking because she picks up like a log from somewhere, yeah. like wax, <laughs> <laughs> wax uh, Sam over the back of the head and knocks him out. And then she's now, she's also then on the, on the ledge, like she gets mind control because he obviously takes the tape off because he's no longer restrained by Sam. Like, so, so Tracy's now on the ledge. She's going to jump. And I guess Andy kind of gets him talking, get him monologuing. And he tells him that, you know, he was visited by a yellow-eyed man, who we know is the yellow-eyed demon, in his dreams. And he's saying, he told me about you and that we were supposed to be together. Like, I guess, I guess the demon was putting into his head these thoughts. Again, we don't know what his upbringing was like. So mm-hmm. if it wasn't that good, it makes sense that he would want to find his family. I guess it kind of, it's almost showing that the demons kind of corrupted him as well, though, mm-hmm. because no one, none of the other children so far have really said much about being visited by yellow eyes. So mm-hmm. him personally coming to him is an almost like, yeah, corrupting him in some way, I think is interesting. I, again, I think it comes to this nature versus nurture thing. The other special children have been left to go about their own devices. Maybe because these were twins, they want to do some kind of weird demonic experimentation on them. And was like, <laughs> what happens if we like demonically influence one of them? Like, will they turn mm-hmm. out different? 
and yeah, I guess I guess that he did. While he's monologuing, um, we see Dean being sneaky, and he kind of. I don't know what kind of gun he has. It's just like a long, long range rifle kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But he gets in sort of a, an advantage position so he can try and shoot Weber. But Weber somehow senses him. Like his powers seem to be evolving very quickly. Like he does mm-hmm. say that he had more practice. So he can already do mind control non verbally. And now he can kind of sense danger, like spidey senses. And even from the distance that Dean is at, he manages to control him and Dean is uh, turns the gun on himself and is very much about to shoot himself when Andy shoots Weber. Yeah. The, that that cut with the like the gunshot sound. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was a little bit nervous, I gotta say. I know yeah. obviously it wasn't gonna go like Dean wasn't gonna go out that way, but like definitely looked like it could have. He um Andy saves the day. He does, yeah. And like, so it's in the morning and there's police around who've come to collect Weber's body. And I mean, it's kind of insane because Andy's life is now ruined Mm -hmm. at this point. You know, Tracy won't look at him anymore because this is actually the first time he's ever used his mind control on her Mm -hmm. to stop her from like killing herself. And she's afraid. He won't even look at me. Yeah, she's pretty shaken up. No, it's this is different. This is uh I never I never used my mind thing on her before before last night. She's scared of me now. I I do wonder if if Sam and Dean hadn't shown up, what would have happened? Like, yes, well, see this this is where the parallels come for me with mm-hmm. Nightmare. So when they showed up, they stopped Max's stepmother from being killed, but Max kills himself. Mm-hmm. Here, they not only did they not save Doc, mm-hmm. but they couldn't save them Holly Beckett. Mm-hmm. And so those are the only two people. I know we we kind of said like who else would uh, Weber kill, but those are the only two definite people that Weber wanted out of their lives. Mm-hmm. But now there's three dead bodies. Because Weber is now dead. Yeah, I mean, I think he definitely would have killed Tracy if if Sam and Dean weren't there, because I think that was his plan all along. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess they saved her. I don't know. It's a tough one because, like, I do feel like it definitely would have escalated, and they still would like Andy would have still had that confrontation with him at some point. So. In some way, did they maybe stop Andy from going bad? I don't know, because, you know, if they'd met up, I don't know. Or, does, is it, or is this the catalyst to make Andy bad? Because they're the ones who, like I said, messed up his life. I mean, granted, the only other person that they really did save was Dennis, the shop owner. Yeah, he that's was, true. He was never in any other danger now. Um, mm-hmm. I think they definitely, see, they improved things a little bit. But not enough to maybe... It's a tough one. Like, how much should they be interfering in this stuff? I mean, I guess any kind of spanner in the demon's plans is good for them. Um, But maybe this is exactly how the demon wanted it to go. Like, you don't know, do you? So, hmm. Like, what's wild to me is that after all of this, they just leave Andy. 
Kenny, I hate to do this, but um, we have to get out of here. Here, I wrote that myself. You don't have to be alone in this, all right? If anything comes up, call me up. They just they, leave him. <laughs> Dean has this like threat of saying, you know, you be good or we'll be back. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I know Sam leaves him his phone number, but they have kind of blown in. It looks like they, it, it looks to Andy like they have like turned his life upside down because he didn't know any of this was going on before they told him about it. So mm-hmm. you've got to in some way equate that to them turning up. Like the two things were don't seem like a coincidence. And right. then they just go and like, bye, call us if you have any problems. Be good or we'll come back and shoot you. All right, right, like later. <laughs> like, what? Absolutely wild. Yeah, like don't worry about it. Just just don't don't worry about it. We'll just come kill you. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> And Sam, as you know, as they're going off, is like, well, I was right. He was a killer. And I'm like, Sam, the judgment is not... Yeah. <laughs> because, yes, Andy did shoot Weber. But, like, even Dean's is like, but he saved my life. Like, yeah. he did it for good reasons. Looks like I was right. About what, Andy? He's a killer after all. Now he's a hero. He saved his girlfriend's life. Saved my life. Bottom line, last night he wasted somebody. Yeah, but he's not a foaming at the mouth psycho. He was just, he was pushed into that. Weber was pushed too in his own way. Max Miller was pushed. Hell, I was pushed by Jessica's death. What's your point, Sam? Right circumstances, everyone's capable of murder. Everyone. You know, maybe that's what the demon's doing. Pushing us. Finding ways to break Sam, us. Sam, we don't know what the demon wants, okay? Quit worrying about it. I guess they're trying to like they're trying to weirdly moralize like oh any kind of killing makes you a murderer versus like oh yeah but killing monsters doesn't make you a murderer blah you know it's that kind of thing mm-hmm. but it, it doesn't really work here because their whole shtick is killing monsters so Sam's line here is like under the right circumstances anybody can anybody's capable of murder and it's like I feel like that was supposed to, like, you know how in the last episode, the the theme of it was, if something's dead, it has to stay dead. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is what the theme is, but it's not a good one. <laughs> it's not like, like, I, and he does say, like, maybe the demon's, like, trying to force everybody to, to become evil. Mm-hmm. You know how I was saying, like, earlier the demons picking up parents who are not that great. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it, I mean, in terms of Andy's parents, like they seem to like, he turned out. Okay. Yeah. Like, he kind of had a good moral compass in the end. His dad obviously was not crazy and was just like freak fire accident. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't go off hunting demons. No. Like, yeah. See, this is, it. this, bo- this bothers me from Sam. This bothers me from Sam because he, you know, you're right. He says like, under the right circumstances anyone can be a killer but he's not just saying that about himself is he because he's also saying this to dean and Mm -hmm. yes their circumstances have pushed them to be killers but they're trying to do the best (laughs) they can yeah with like helping people as well and like dean already has problems around that like you don't I, f- I don't know. I feel like it was an ill-timed conversation, but I do understand that Sam's having his own issues coming to terms with the fact whether he's a good person or a bad person. 
Mm-hmm. I think he's way too hard on himself. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, like we said, the only person, the only person that's killed a human so far is Dean. That's the yeah. only only character that's actually killed a human, and he killed when he killed the demon. And like he he struggled killing John when he yeah. could have killed the demon at that point. Had he not hesitated so much, then maybe this would be more relevant. But like, or. Is something happening inside Sam that he just doesn't want to say yet? Like, is he starting to mm. feel something that, like, he's losing his humanity or something? Um, and that's, he's, he just doesn't know how to put it into words yet. Yeah, possibly. I, I think maybe the fact that they're not making much progress on the demon and obviously things are still happening and leading up to something must be worrying to Sam because how is he involved mm-hmm. in those events? And I guess that's kind of, feeling of helplessness that things are going on that he has no control over sam also says here like you know i know you're also afraid i heard you t- say that you know i heard you before dean when andy made you tell the truth you're just as scared of this as i am that was mind control it was like it's like being roofied man it doesn't count what no i i call him do over what are you seven doesn't matter look we just got to keep doing what we're doing find that evil son of a bitch and kill him this is it. So I like that because what what didn't count? Your emotional outburst? Like you're, <laughs> you telling Sam about your emotions? That didn't count? Okay, fine. Whatever, Dean. <laughs> and then again, I, they they love to use phone calls to interrupt like a conversation because oh, yes. they get interrupted with a phone call. And it's Ellen. And he's, she's basically requesting that they turn to come up to the roadhouse. And they do. They're at the roadhouse. And so this this... This scene kind of cements for me that like she, Ellen doesn't want Joe in the lifestyle because she tells Joe to go get beers from mm-hmm. the back and then she starts in on their conversation like this conversation of them like figuring out that they were actually trying to track the demon and like what's going on. This is it. Yeah, it's 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 interesting how she doesn't want want Joe involved in any of this. And I can I actually understand it like I I still think like Joe's fairly young. I don't think she should be getting involved in these hunts. I mean, her husband or partner has already died on a hunt. Like, why would you put your daughter at risk as well? Exactly. This This isn't just your war, this is war. There's something big and bad's coming and it's coming fast and their side holds all the cards. Now at best, all we got is us, together. No secrets or half-truths here. And I thought it was so funny that there's no no secrets or half-truths, yet she's hiding it from Joe. Yeah, exactly. Like, because because Ellen's made the connection that there's something going on and, like, Dean doesn't want to yeah. tell her. Like, he really doesn't want to tell her. But then Sam, again, just blurts everything <laughs> out. And, like... He just, he wants to talk to somebody. I think that's what yeah. it is. Deep down, he just wants to have, like... He doesn't want this burden anymore. He wants somebody else to do it. <laughs> mm. Yes, they have this whole network of people. Maybe they can help. And John was going to them, you know. Mm-hmm. I do. You would kind of wonder why John never did follow up Ellen's help. Maybe he was concerned for the same reason Dean is about them getting involved in family issues. Um, yeah, and also that there's the whole like. So they they haven't run across any other hunters mm-hmm. who have encountered this particular demon. Like we said, like I just said with Andy's parent, like Andy's father. They just chalk, chalked it up to freak accident, I'm sure. Same with mm-hmm. Max. You know, they, they just moved on. 
nobody else has become this obsessive. I mean that that's that's true. Um, I like you know Ellen asks if all of the children who are having psychic powers are dangerous, and Dean and Sam give different answers. These people out there, these psychics, they dangerous? No, not all of them. But some are. Some are very dangerous. So Sam's essentially lumping himself in with them and saying that he could be dangerous. Which, mm-hmm. again, is a poor choice to say of a hunter, but again, I think you're right. It just wants to get it off his chest at this point. This is where they kind of end the episode, is they're talking about the fires. Because Dean says, like, well, yeah, all of these have started with a fire in, like, 1983, like, blah, blah, blah. And Sam says, no, that's not true. Because Weber's, par- like, adopted parents never had a fire. Like, it mm-hmm. never happened. So they kind of realise at that point that actually the way they've been using to track and identify these psychic kids doesn't even work because they can't guarantee they all had a fire for them to find. Right. Are the the people who are getting killed by the demon, are they just accidental causes? Like with um, Salvation, she goes into the room in the middle of the night for no reason and he's in there. So he tries to kill her mary does the same thing like she sees john down like she walks past thinks it's john in the room sees john's actually downstairs and then goes back into the room so the house fire may not actually be necessary if he's not interrupted in what he's doing i wonder if it's just a signature like a serial killer signature yeah and so it also kind of brings back like a little bit how i I don't really recall how I got to this this thought of he he may, like the demon may have been just being picking people at random mm. rather than the people who've been making deals. Yeah, I, yeah. See, if, because, if there's not house fires, because obviously the Winchesters are a special case, right? But then why all the other kids? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, this is not... I've never been able to get my head around this in Supernatural. And, like, maybe someone can explain it to me. Because they talk about the whole... This is, like, getting way into, like, season four, season five. They talk about the whole bloodline thing and, like, what's going to go down. And we know why Sam's got these psychic powers. But then why do they even care about all the other kids? Are they just... Because they... If they're, if they're backups... It's not like how so, long could they be backups for? Do you know what I mean? Because we see what happens to Nick. Like, <laughs> yeah. So the the thing that I'm I'm thinking of here also is, and I I'm probably wrong on this, but weren't wasn't it also like stronger demon possessions? I honestly, honestly can't remember. <laughs> no, neither can I. Neither can I. Um, you're right. Like. And the the thing is, this this plot line has already been established. I feel like, mm-hmm. right? Kripke had already just sort of decided where this was going. So maybe. maybe I wonder. I wonder if it got changed after season three. Maybe there was a different plan at some point um, because we know kind of end of season three threw a spanner in the works for a number of reasons. And I wonder if the plot line changed after that to include all the bloodline stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe there was a different outcome. Because the 
<laughs> the story up to this point has very much paralleled Star Wars pretty much because we're talking about like Sam going dark side essentially like right. that's the struggle that we're up against is is Sam gonna go dark side and that's not really involved in the the final like season four season five plot line it's a little bit but it's mm-hmm. it's different in in the way to this one yeah I don't yeah but you're right are they picking people at random maybe maybe it's just partly like chaotic yeah and also the so this this demon guy this demon guy knows more than he's laying on obviously mm, of course yeah so is it sort of like a smoke screen mm-hmm. so there isn't really a plan for them they're just like to put spanners in the works for like other things if they're getting close to the demon well, okay, let me go activate this human who has mm. powers. And then they'll get sidetracked. Yeah, maybe it's a distraction technique. And it also gives Sam an antagonist, right? Something to mm-hmm. fight against and practice his powers against. Right. So maybe that was the whole thing all along. <laughs> 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 like... I or we're I rem- overthinking it. <laughs> or we're overthinking it. I wish I remembered more. Like, I do remember the main sort of plot points. I wish I remembered more of the details of yeah, season two, specific, specifically. Because I feel like that's where we're getting confused here. But I th- like I do think that it, there is also some big plot holes here that are not <laughs> Like, is- I, I, Both things are true. <laughs> yes, yes. These are definitely not exclusive to each other. <laughs> yeah like yes we're misremembering but also there are plot holes so like how they come together in the next few episodes i think will be interesting <laughs> definitely but yeah no that was a for a for a heavy plot heavy episode that was really good i really enjoyed it yeah, i enjoyed it and i i kind of like the way that so what used to be plot heavy was like anything related to jessica and that usually made sam character kind of meh <laughs> like I yeah um but it's kind of nice to see this like turn that now sam's character is a lot like development is about his powers which yeah. are more interesting because they wrote it better like they didn't write <laughs> the jessica's the story jessica's storyline well at all that's why it just didn't jive well <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I think this is a much more interesting line for Sam to take. And it was starting to get there at the end of season one. I like they're continuing yeah. into season two. Um, and yeah, looking forward to the next few episodes. So mm-hmm. what is coming up next, Annabelle? So the next one is called No Exit. And this is the HHH house. Ah, see. Yeah. I knew it was this there is, somewhere. One. That one's directed by Kim Manners and written by Matt Witten. So we can accept um, that long, lingering camera work on their faces. Yep. And I'm, mm-hmm. yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> yep, looking forward to that one next week. Thanks again for joining us, guys. A reminder that we have a Kofi account, which is linked in the description, if you would like to leave us a tip. Any kind of money that we get from that will be going towards new microphones <laughs> because mine is very cheap. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> yeah, thank you for your support and all your comments. Um, we read and appreciate all of them. So yeah, keep getting in contact. I guess this week 
We walked through supernatural purgatory. We very briefly gained some psychic ability and then just as quickly it disappeared. So, <laughs> um, as we move on, hopefully uh, we will find our way out. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.